Welcome to Teaching Takeaways Season 2, Episode 5. I'm your host, Amanda, and I'm glad you're here. This podcast series is about sharing favorite tools, strategies, thoughts, and fun finds on all things education. If you have any connection to the education field and want to finesse your craft, this is the space to hang out and grab a piece of instant relevance. A takeaway you can apply to your classroom the very same day. Today's tech tip is brought to you by the love of making life simple with bit.ly links. Have you heard of bit.ly? I will post a video on my YouTube channel, which by the way is super new in the next day or so for you to best visualize how to do this as well. According to bit.ly, a bit.ly link is a shortened URL you can brand to make accessing information easier. It also has tracking capabilities to analyze clicks if you're interested in the paid version. I have the free version and it's worked well for me. To create a bit.ly, visit bit.ly.com and sign up for a free account. You will need to scroll down to see the free option. From there, you simply click the orange create button, paste the longer URL into the box on the right side of the screen and a bit.ly is created. You can customize the bit.ly to whatever you would like and is available. Bitly's are case sensitive. I suggest a few letters relating to the site and possibly a numbering system. Keep it simple. If there's ever a technology question you wonder about, um, definitely reach out and I'm happy to share my expertise or find the answer for you. I will feature tech questions in the form of tips in future episodes here on the podcast. But the most important thing on the bit.ly is to make sure you name it so people think they're clever creating bit.ly's. However, it's still a random string of letters and numbers, so make it meaningful. I gave an example on the website if um, we use Teaching Takeaways, and I know that's an easy website to remember, teachingtakeaways.com, but you can easily do bit.ly backslash and I want to say I just did TT. I can't recall, but it's on the YouTube channel. Check it out. One that has been helpful for vocabulary system that I use with certain kiddos is bit.ly backslash capitals DDS vocab. And that um, connects to the students that I've worked with in the past on their Sadler Connect vocab. So anyway, it's a super easy way to create short URLs that people can remember and that's what you want, especially when working with kids. The easier, the better. So if QR codes aren't your jam, Bitly's will take care of you. Let me know if you decide to try it. It's great. Friends, today I'm back to continue the conversation on executive functioning skills with a focus on teaching students to use notes and study. I'm going to share how I am continuing the journey of helping my students experience academic success in fifth grade as well as in the future. Are you ready for it? Here we go. So for the next installment of tips to help your students with taking notes and studying, we would start with 
taking notes. And in a fifth grade classroom, taking notes is kind of tricky. And I've seen it done a bunch of different ways. I've seen teachers give out PowerPoint outlines if that's your jam. I'm not really into lecturing though. I've also seen teachers give out study guides, a piece of paper for all of the content covered before they give a test. And I have also seen teachers give a fill in the blank test that mirrors the study guide. And those approaches are fine if that's your jam. It hasn't worked well for me. What has worked well for me is teaching the kiddos how to take notes. And through that, I start really small. So I have engagement, I have closed notes. So fill in the blank notes. I might be showing them something and talking to them and then there's a word that they fill in. Like I read a specific sentence and in the sentence I give them the one or two words they need to write on the line. Or if you're showing something on Jamboard or a smart board, if those are still around, Promethean boards, Apple TV, whatever, and you're showing them things, they can go along with you. But my best success has been talking and doing and then giving them that keyword to fill in the blank as follow through. And they're super engaged in what you're doing because they don't want to miss whatever for their notes. So it starts small with guided notes. And after a few times of trying that, I would expand the amount of student accountability within the guided notes. So there would be more fill in the blanks and less teacher written or teacher typed. And when they have that, there is accountability. So they're actively listening. They have some sweat equity into the note taking process. So when it comes time to study, the said notes, they know what to do because it's familiar with them. It's not just another piece of paper. And speaking of paper, you could do it a couple different ways. You could, if you have access to multiple colors of paper, you could do it on colored paper so that the note sheet actually stands out against the sea of white. White loose leaf paper, white graph paper, white copy paper. So the notes are actually special and they're fun. And I know that kiddos tend to take better care of things when it's different and it's fun and it's colorful. If you do not have access or even if you do have access, another fun way to do things that has worked well in my classroom is doodle notes. So if you don't want to spend money on doodle notes, then there's some good ones I'll share at the end of the episode on Teachers Pay Teachers that I like. You could type out your plain Jane notes, leave the fill in the blank slots for kiddos to write in, and then make a doodle, an image, a picture, or something that connects to the print on the paper for kiddos to have a visual, as well as um, encouragement to have them color it or give them the you know the multicolored clicking pens or the stackable colored crayons that you can get in the Target um, party favor supply the clicking pens I'll link those in the show notes I got them on Amazon my college kids loved them the fifth graders loved them 
So anyway, you have options. So use color, create doodles. You can jazz up your plain notes and do not even start to say that you're not an artist or good at drawing because we cannot say those things because then we're not letting our kids have confidence in their drawings. So everybody is an artist and art is in the eye of the beholder. So do your best and worst case scenario, you can find some free clip art to plug in to your content but guided notes gradual release of responsibility for the guided notes to increase accountability and then students have ownership that would be the next step I would use to teaching kids how to study for um, you know whatever you have so um, anyway let me know if you decide to use the notes and again in the show notes I will have some linked Uh, products and images of things that I have used and enjoy in a fifth grade classroom. Idea number two, after getting your students invested in guided notes, I suggest challenging them to then take the notes, the ones that you have prepared and they have filled in the blanks, and create doodle notes of their own. So again, they have some sweat equity into the process and review because maybe some of the things that are on the notes, they really understood. You did a bang up job, they get it, but there's something that might be a little bit tricky for them that they need to practice a little bit more. Then the students can create their own version of the notes from your guided notes and I would do that towards the end when you're uh, studying for a quiz or a test unit something or another have them look over the notes and whatever is tricky for them they still don't understand create an image maybe a connection to it that they can connect to and rewrite those notes in their own handwriting they could practice summarizing an ELA skill to summarize the information. But having them put it to paper is going to be critical to helping them remember things. And I know we're in a digital space right now and a lot of kiddos do digital note taking. However, there is substantial research out there that says that note taking by hand anchors more into the brain there is also research about typing but with typing there's just not as much there's not as much ownership in it because they're more figuring out how especially in the upper elementary how to get the information onto the screen than what the information actually is but if they're writing it and transferring it and putting it into their own words they're going to remember it So I would suggest that as a follow-up. So step one or idea one is to do the closed notes, the guided notes, and gradually extend responsibility and accountability to the students. And then to piggyback off of that, this idea is to have students do all their notes for the unit or up until the next assessing mark and then have them review the notes that you co-created with them and take out what they don't need to know because they have a strong understanding of it and then use what's left to create 
what they do need to know and connecting it to images of their own doodles to create engagement and increase retention of content. The third idea for continuing the executive functioning, note-taking, studying, practicing party, if you will, is to have students create one-pagers about whatever it is they're reading. So, for example, I know a lot of teachers like to integrate social studies and science into their literacy block because sometimes there's not enough time to get it all in which is fine as long as you are doing hands-on also. Hopefully that's not just passages and that's a grade. But what I have experienced great success with is having students read the social studies event that we're looking at in history at a station in ELA and then take that information and create a one-page document, again, with doodles in color to pull out the information from the passage. So... Um, I will link the checklist that I use in my classroom as well as my example I did with students and real student work as as a first attempt on one pager so you can see some really great examples, some average examples, and some examples of things that maybe could do better, but just real life authentic student work. And with the one pagers, students are reading to learn. They're pulling out key information. There's a bunch of different skills mixed in. We have um, summarizing, opinion writing, vocabulary, um, trying to think, pictures to connect to things from the passage. I don't know. Those are the things that jump off without me actually looking at my checklist that my students do write about on the one pagers and they can take that information and use that to study too but it's also a good strategy for note taking if you have books or you have tech books or you're looking at slides or if you are um, giving passages from like readworks or newzilla to help you um one pagers click the link in the show notes to see some real life examples my fifth graders will tell you and college kids will tell you they love the one pagers and they would prefer to do that hands down any other day of the week so to bring all of this together you don't have to take note-taking suggestions just from me The research is there to support the use of guided notes, doodle notes, and one-pagers in any classroom. If you check out interventioncentral.org, they share research on the efficacy of guided notes in the classroom by Heward 2001. They sum up the research with a one-liner of how guided notes promote active engagement resulting in full and accurate notes for a study guide. Students are also able to clearly hone in on the most important information of the text, video, or lesson. Also, according to psychologist Pam Mueller of Princeton and Daniel Oppenheimer of University of California, Los Angeles, 
They're quoted as saying, capturing important ideas by hand, whether writing words or creating images, stimulates neural pathways between motor, visual, and cognitive skills. So basically, it is allowing people to write and draw will increase content retention and can possibly make us smarter. One pagers to bring it all full circle were originally created by the AVID, um, by AVID for classroom use. It's an opportunity again for students to sift through lots of information and pull out the most important ideas through words and images. I do definitely suggest creating a checklist or rubric of your own to keep the kiddos on track and you're getting the work product and the kids are getting the experience that you had hoped for. So I hope that you will try out one or all of the note-taking strategies in your classroom at some point this year. As with anything, start small. Simple is best. Maybe guided notes. Try them out on your next unit of study. If you will allow different writing tools or print the notes in color or on colored paper, your students will be excited about the journey. And guess what? you will be excited too because it's different and it's fun and even if the teacher across the hall or next door or in another wing of your building isn't doing what you're doing don't worry about them stay in your lane try things out um, but don't just try it once try it several times because each time that you do it it gets easier and the kids get more comfortable you get more confident and retention goes up engagement is happening learning and excitement is present and that's all we want for the kiddos right is engagement and retention so try out the note-taking strategies i want to leave you all with a question to ponder and to share so after hearing ways that i have started teaching my students to study to focus for time management kind of a surface level introduction to executive functioning in a fifth grade classroom. What is your favorite way to give information to your students to study? I have a few more things that I'm trying out and then I will circle back to this and share my findings, but I love learning from you guys. And so what is your favorite way to give information to your students to study? Share with me on Instagram, Twitter, or by email. I love hearing from you all. Thank you so much for joining me for another teaching takeaway. I will be back next time to share more meaningful tips and tools to support you in the classroom, as well as offer ways to create student engagement in your classroom. Thanks for stopping by and supporting this passion project. If there is ever a topic you would like more information on or want more ideas from previous book sharings, direct message me on Twitter at Amanda Hallman, on Instagram at Teaching Takeaways, or by email teachingtakeaways at gmail.com. Thanks for hanging with me for a piece of instant relevance, a teaching takeaway to use in your classroom the very same day. See you next time for a new teaching takeaway. Bye, friends.